broadcasting live from the Critical Wits Pillow Fort. I'm Max Mixtape. And I'm Wolf Zenith. And here we are going to talk to you about the Resistance. Those damn autocrats up in their ivory tower that's literally made of ivory. We're here to bring you underground beats from the ground here on the streets. Slightly under the streets. Our underground beats actually come from underground. Live from the streets. It's the underground beats at the Critical Wits Pillow Fort. Um, we probably should explain the Critical Wits Pillow Fort. We made a sound booth. Out of pillows. It sounds pretty okay. Because our last episode was very echoey. And we don't like to live in the echo chamber. No. (laughs) We're here to bring you new and dangerous ideas about Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, so, um, hopefully this will be slightly less echoey. Do I lean in? Yeah, if you lean in, it does it better. Like, this is, we're ruining our posture. We're giving us, we're giving ourselves scoliosis. We're we're putting our backs into it for you. I'm putting my back on the line. We slave over a hot podcast all day. There's no air conditioning in this condo. Yeah, I had to turn it off because it would pick it up. The sacrifices we make for you, the listener, you don't even have to pay us. Like, here's the thing that they don't realize. We live in Las Vegas. It's like one of the hottest places this side of the sun. It was... Let's see how hot it was today. And I'm not talking about, like, hot beats. I'm talking about, like, heat strokes. Yeah. But uh, we do also have hot beats. It's true. And new and dangerous ideas. New and dangerous ideas for a new dangerous world. Oh, yes. apparently it was only a hundred today. Oh, only a hundred. Yeah, but yesterday it was f- fucking hot. Man, if if we're lucky, we get into the low triple digits. Yeah, man, it was Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all, not all of my flesh has melted off today, so I can still do the podcast. Yeah, just most of my blood boiled. It was all right, you know. Yeah, I mean, you don't need all of it. Yeah, I I have eight whole pints. Like, like look, I really only need four. Like, you know how people can give blood and still be alive? It's like that, except with your blood, like, boiling, boiling yeah. and evaporating out of your pores into a red mist. Critical Wits Podcast. <laughs> today. What, what is this podcast about again? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. People tell me that it's about Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, like about, you know, rolling dice and dragons. Yeah, like you have a D10, and <laughs> you pick up the D10. And you roll And then you roll the D10. And you get a random number between 1 and 10. Yeah. Or usually between 0 and 9. <laughs> yeah. But if you get a 0, you're actually happy, because everybody has come to an understanding that that means 10. Yeah. Well, I mean... It would be weird if you had a die that, like, generated a number that was zero. Just like, oh, I rolled no damage. Oh. Oh. Man. Maybe if a d20 had a zero on it. <laughs> Man, I wouldn't want to play that game with somebody who used fumbles. Oh, no. What's that? Oh, what's that? You rolled a natural zero? <laughs> All right. Well, let me just roll on my table of horrible deaths And here. you split yourself in half. Yeah. You probably should have thought before rolling that zero. <laughs> wow, man. Way to be bad at Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, you're Hopefully. The, you're the worst at oh. generating random numbers. Hopefully you'll reconsider next time. Before you even think of rolling a zero. It serves you right. That's what you get for getting that result when you roll the die. Uh, fumbles are dumb. Didn't somebody, somebody suggested to us, this isn't the mailbag, but I remember somebody saying, like, they would make critical fumbles fun by making horrible things happen to the players. And I'm like, did you listen to the episode? Because we talk about, Yeah, that's the thing that we said don't do. Yeah. Because it's not fun for the players. It's not. Like, bad things can happen to me. That's fine. Yeah, but like, I'm okay with that. I would like for it to not be because I got a number on a die that I mostly couldn't control. Yeah, like, if I, if I tried to attack the sleeping dragon and it like breathed chlorine gas on me and then like my 
face like Indiana Jones, Raider of the, Raiders of the Lost Ark, off. <laughs> like as a verb, Raiders yeah. of the Lost Ark, duh, with yeah, an apostrophe. Yeah, it's a past tense. <laughs> yeah, not even E-D. Yeah. It's the it's... apostrophe D. Yeah, of course. Like, that would be Raiders of the Lost Arst. Yeah. If it was E-D, that's, that's completely just, what different. What the heck's an Arst? I don't know. It's like, probably something imaginary, like a dragon. Yeah, probably. So, um, we should probably talk about what we've been doing recently. Remember Skyworld? Yeah, Skyworld, that really cool thing that people have told me is pretty cool and they like. Yeah, we played in Skyworld. Yeah, it's super cool. We played in Skyworld doubly. That's right. We played Dungeons and Dragons twice. <laughs> Whoa. In the past month. That's sadly out of the ordinary. Yeah. But it's summer now, so hopefully we'll be getting to play yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Gotta beat the heat. Yeah. And also beat the dragons. I don't know if we're gonna be able to keep, like, a Wednesday schedule, though, because I have an evening class, I think. Uh, but uh, I have Wednesdays off. Yeah. But I think we can do weekends. I yeah. hope we can do weekends. We'll figure something out. Yeah. For you, the listener, to hear our great stories about Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. I, I ran Skyworld. I was the first person to have the honor of running Skyworld. Yes. And it was perfect. It was. It was exactly the kind of mood we went for. Yeah. Would, would you care to tell the story of Skyworld? So I had, I had elaborated about, like, a, a sample adventure on last <laughs> episode, and I had said, um... You, like, go down to the surface world and, like, you have to trade with the um, the surface people, but some bandits sold their super axes. <laughs> and so now you have to go get the super axes back. Yeah. And we did that. We did that exact thing. Yes, the party consisted of uh, Sylvia, a monk who looked rather fairy-like and had a thirst for justice, and a small wizard named Pef, who was some kind of furry Maltese creature, and was shy and soft-spoken, but had powerful magics, with a K. Yeah, and... Uh, uh, they met some NPCs. One of them was the duo of, of Ratchet and Barkley. Ratchet <laughs> is like this big mechanical guy. He's like wearing overalls. Not mechanical. He's a mechanic. Well, he is a mechanic, yeah. Um, <laughs> he is wearing like overalls and he has a big bushy mustache and mm-hmm. he's like a big dude. With like aviator goggles. With aviator goggles, of course. And a bandana. Or no, actually, he had like a like a trucker hat. Yeah. It's kind of how I pictured him. And then Barkley was just basically a giant sheepdog man who yeah. only talked to mumbles. Yeah. And it was was super good. Mm-hmm. And we fought the infamous Rootrick gang, an infamous band of sky pirates. So the Rootrick gang are based off of the villains of several different things yes. that I grew up with. Um, <laughs> They're based on the the pirate family from from Castle in the Sky. Yes. They're also based off the pirate family from Mega Man Legends. Yes, the the Bond gang. Yeah, the Bond gang. And then they're also based off of Rutrik, <laughs> the villain from Brave Friends. Well, one of the villains from Brave Friends and Musashi, which is another game that I really like. Mm-hmm. And they were super fun to play. It was uh, Ma Rutrik and Pa Rutrik. And Pa Rutrik was basically uh, Master Roshi with... Uh, <laughs> with the Dr. Robotnik mustache. Yeah, Dr. Robotnik's mustache. <laughs> and um, then there were the the Rutrik siblings, which is like a, a big guy who's like the brains, mm-hmm. air quotes. Yeah. And then there's the actual brains, who is like the beautiful little sister that everyone pines over, and she's <laughs> kind of a brat. And then yes. there's the big, dumb, younger sibling. Yeah, who is really thick-headed and has the dumb voice. Yeah, and so they they went, and um, one thing that we had said that could happen is, like, you fight bandits mm-hmm. um, on a 
Skybridge and they're on ornithopters. Yeah, and we did. Yeah, and so we established one new thing that I think is really important for people to know before they start running Skyworld. Mm-hmm. Nobody mm-hmm. dies. That's right. If uh, the Sky Pirate is reduced to zero hit points on his ornithopter, he gets knocked off his ornithopter and deploys his parachute while shouting some kind of funny one-liner related to his defeat. Uh, one, was, one of them was, my insurance agent is going to kill me for this. <laughs> yes. Which was just really great. Yeah, and so you absolutely don't have to feel guilty about, I wouldn't even say defeating the Sky Pirates, I would say trouncing them. Yeah, trouncing is the perfect word. Yeah, exactly. And like, you beat, like, you have a sword or something, and you slice up this Sky Pirate, except he's just covered in band-aids, and now you tie him up. And he says in his, like, Studio Ghibli dub voice about how you're all going to be sorry. He's got, like, hashtag uh, bruises. Yeah, just cross hatches yeah. indicating injury. <laughs> and you leave him suspended on the bridge while they argue with each other and try to kick each other. Yeah. And that's basically how this system is run. This campaign setting is nobody dies. Yeah, everyone kind of lives and it's really comical and lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, you you do get defeated. Yeah. And- and we did. Yeah, I, we lost this adventure. I part of it was me not. It's really hard to balance D and D next when you get up to higher levels and you want to run a certain kind of monster. Like yeah. I wanted them to fight humans. That's what I wanted to happen. Yeah, but the the encounter building guidelines are still kind of rough, and they're not a whole lot of humanoid monsters. And there's not the guideline for making your own yet. Yeah, like in the final version, that's all going to be fixed. But in this version, it's a little difficult to deal with. Yeah. Um. So we were outnumbered pretty pretty fiercely. Yeah. And they even had- Lord Pef unleashed his dark spirits, but it managed not to do anything because he got knocked out. Yeah, he got... It did do something. Yeah. But then he got knocked out and and then (laughs) when you get knocked out, your magic ceases to work. Yeah, depending on the spell. Like, if it's a concentration spell and you're knocked out, it conks out. Yeah. So instead of, like, killing them or like making them walk the plank, Mm -hmm. um, the pirates saw that they were, like, pretty badass. So they had them join up with them. And we got shanghai into Sky Pirates. And then we, and at the end, this is a one-shot, but we discussed all the future adventures of, like, Sylvia and Pef and the Sky Pirates and about how we discover that they actually have hearts of gold. And then we, we have roving adventures with them, and eventually that we all get captured, and, and Sylvia and Pef manage to escape. But they decide to go back for the Rutrick gang, and in doing so, earn their freedom and respect. Yeah. And these are, like, this is the kind of adventure that you run with the Sky World. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, it's something that we haven't got to do yet, but you could run a surface world adventure, which is more like survival. Yeah, that's more like Princess Mononoke, my arm just got bit off by a wolf head, kind of yeah. dark and gritty. Uh. So, really it's up to you guys, but we found that having the light-hearted, comical, nobody-actually-dies game was the funnest. It fits really well with the aesthetic. And the second game we played, our friend Joe Jobles Richardson... J. Jobles Richardson. J. Yeah. Jo- uh, it's a J. Like Jobles Joberson. J- I think J- is J- the thing that, yeah, we decided on. Right. Um, we, after we gave him some pictures of Spider Man, he actually ran a game for us. <laughs> So, he had to bribe the old broom head. <laughs> but, like, you know, he may be tough, but he knows how to run a newspaper. Yeah. I mean, a D&D game. Luckily, we've got Robbie vouching for us. Okay, that's enough of this joke. <laughs> okay, okay. This time, the party consisted of a band of, of sky-faring adventurers, which was... Crispy actually played in this game, so yeah. it was... Uh, what was her name? What was my character's name? It was... Car- Karen. Karen. Karen... 
her name ephedrine. was ephedrine yeah named we, after. we were we mined spam emails for names of our characters which is super good if you want to name a wizard find the name of her prescription drug yeah and then you have a wizard name lord xanax <laughs> like that's a wizard name yeah that's that's exactly a wizard name yeah you, there you go so it's karen ephedrine and then i was um fenrir fenrir talbot Yes, who was a uh, a wolfman ranger from the surface world, who was, like, really beastly and stoic. And then our friend Renee was Golgamath, the great wizard, who actually couldn't do any magic besides summoning dogs that could do magic, but only they could see the dogs. So, basically, you summon dogs, and they cast the spells, but everybody thinks you're casting the spells, because to everybody else, the dogs are invisible. Yeah. Yeah, silly things like that. Yeah. And so we were, like, in a town. What was the name of the town? It was... It was, a uh, some... Oh, man. The town scrap was, like, Island. a scrap... Yeah, it was, like, a scrap heap kind of place. Yeah. And we were there, like, in between adventures. And... Uh, we, we just got back from a hall, and I had this big bag of our, our treasure crystals from the nearby mines. Yeah. And, uh... So we uh, we have our airship, the Rock Dove, and we went to the dock and we boarded it, and we went to the, the local tavern, the Rusty Spigot, so named for the titular Rusty Spigot, installed in each booth, which has an unlimited supply of some kind of swill, <laughs> which my character partook of liberally. My character did not, but that's because he's not that kind of guy. We divided up the loot with Golgamath, taking the, the most of it because they're con artists. Yeah, they hoodwinked us. Yeah, so we sort of came out on not top there and but then in the middle of the night we were awoken by a raid and it was like these like i think you should describe okay so <laughs> it was described to us that they were like henchmen dressed all in black and they had like a the old style world war one german helmets with like with the, the spike. spike on top and as joe said that I just shouted out, they should be pigmen. And they, then they were pigmen. And then they ended up being pigmen. Uh-huh. And, they, and they had, like, these super comical, whiny voices. <laughs> and we trounced them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we trounced them. <laughs> we did. We trounced them thoroughly. Yeah. And so we had, to, and we had to make our way back to our airship. And as we went, we found out who was leading the raid, which was a, a giant evil frogman named Baron Carol Carol. <laughs> Should we explain what Caro Caro means? It's the Japanese onomatopoeia for a frog croaking. <laughs> and he was a frogman. And the great Baron Caro Caro led his offensive on Junktown or what? I, I can't remember the name. I don't remember the name of it either. Yeah, but we remember Baron Caro Caro. Yeah, and he had like this kind of. Was it the King DDD voice? Is what it was? I think it started out as something and eventually became the. I'm gonna get that there, Kirby! I'm gonna get Kirby! Yeah. Um. <laughs> So, Baron Caro Caro, like, he's a giant frog. And I was actually talking with Joe after the game of, like, what Caro Caro looks like. And we had this this almost exact same mental image. He's, like, this big frog guy in, like, a crushed velvet suit with, like, a frilly, like, blouse. And he's got those things that hang off his cheeks that look sort of like a mustache. But, like, frogs have. Yeah. And, uh... And, like, the gloves with, yeah. like, the... They have the flare out at the bottom because they're super villain gloves. Yeah, and, and he had like a cloak. And he had his floating platform, which he directed everything from. Yeah. And we made it back, and I got a discount ballista from the discount ballista shop, which was only, the warranty was only good for one hour, and it took five hours to <laughs> install, so the warranty expired long before I got to use it. Yeah. And it fired once, and then broke. I was the one who fired yeah, it. Yeah, Fenrir fired it. At General Caro, or Baron Caro Caro. Yeah, which actually ended up hitting his platform and knocking him to the ground. Yeah. 
And so, and so then we took off to the skies and went to one of Lord Caracol's blimps, Baron. He had a title of some kind. I he probably didn't Baron. have any kind of nobility. Probably not. I don't think he, he owned He had delusions land. of grandeur. But we went up to one of his blimps, and I was piloting the airship, and Fenrir, like, repelled down on a rope and, like, cut it down with the sword and... And then, as we were flying, we were trying to find where Baron Caracaro landed, and he was hanging off the side of a building, and he jumped onto our ship. And then we had, I had to lock the ship into its current trajectory so I could go and fight. And we took down Baron Caracaro himself in one round. And, but then his henchmen got all vengeful on us, and I grappled with one and managed to throw him over the side of the ship. And he had a parachute, because everybody's fine. But yeah. then the other guy pushed me off, and Golgamath sent forth an invisible soft dog to catch my fall. I imagine it was like a... I, it's probably like a mastiff. Yeah, it's like, like it's a, a big fluffy mat or a St. Bernard. Yeah, it's just like this big cottony St. Bernard, yeah. like made of clouds that I landed on. But the ship was flying away from me now, so I had to pull out my bow and arrow and like tie a rope to the arrow and shoot it at the ship to anchor myself. And all the while, like, Fenrir, like, dived into the cabin to, like, hide. I had set up traps and hiding spaces previously because our original thing we were going to do was, um... Try to lure... Try to lure out some people who were, like, stealing merchant ships or hijacking merchant ships. Yeah, and boarding us. Yeah, so... But that didn't end up happening. That didn't end up happening. But I was like, oh, I did this thing. Mm -hmm. Let me go to this advantageous thing that I did. Yeah. But no one came. Unfortunately. So eventually it, it got down to the wire where the ship was going to like crash into a building. Mm-hmm. And I I almost could get to the wheel again. I had, I had to pull myself by the rope to get back to the ship and climb over. But there was one more round until we were about to crash into the thing. And I couldn't get to it in time. So I shouted for Fenrir to unlock the wheel. And he didn't know how. Because... He's from the surface world, and he's a, a wolfman ranger, and he doesn't know how airships work. Yeah, I don't know how airships Like, how, how do I fly this crazy thing? Yeah, and, like, my character was too panicked to coherently explain how to undo the latch. So so he just he-manned it, and he, like, <laughs> twisted the wheel as hard as it could, or as hard as he could, to make it go <laughs> in a different direction. And he broke the locking mechanism, but we didn't crash into the clock tower. Yeah, luckily. <laughs> yeah. And then we collected a handsome bounty on Baron Karo-Karo. Yeah. And rode off into the sunset. It all worked out for everyone. Yeah. And but that was a pretty crazy adventure. Yeah. So, Skyworld, you can definitely run it. Like, I'm <laughs> super excited that you can. Yeah, and we didn't have to, like, house rule anything, really. Yeah. yeah we just used the D&D rules, and yeah. all we did was, like, hey, nobody really dies. Yeah, um, you can be defeated. Yeah, and bad things will happen to you. Yeah, but you you don't die. Yeah, you just get trounced. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're how many minutes in and we haven't talked at all about today? We're at the 20, as of this recording without silence and whatnot, we're at 24 minutes. All right, so maybe we should talk about what this episode is going to be about. Today on the Critical Wits Podcast, we're going to talk about something that is kind of... I don't know exactly how to explain it. It's something that we've kind of talked about before. Yeah. Um, which is, it's classes, character classes, as careers versus character classes as archetypes. Yeah, because throughout D&D, like, Dungeons & Dragons basically invented character classes. And it started out where there were these fantasy stories, and it was like, oh, so this person's a, a fighting man, and this one's a wizard. Yeah. And so they decided, well, if you're in a fantasy story, you're probably one of these kinds of characters. 
Well, it was. It kind of well, harkens back to war games where you would have like light infantry and ballistier and, and stuff like that. But then when I'm they a level seven catapult, <laughs> when they introduced the man to man rules, you would have your fighting man who was like a knight or like a King Arthur kind of thing. Yeah. And then you would also have your magic user, which was you you were a level seven catapult for the most part. <laughs> Basically. Oh, one thing I didn't get to talk about in our what we're doing, and I'll I guess I'll post it in something else is I'm I'm playing original D D. Oh yeah, you are uh, with you? some guys on the forums. You're 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 like uh, Balthazar von Hides from Monsters or something. <laughs> no, I'm a Prestos Arcanicus. Oh, yeah, that's right. I have a master's degree in arcane theory. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Are you working on your doctorate? I am. Uh, you're yeah. writing your thesis? My thesis is on uh, interplanar travel. Oh. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's pretty it's rough. Pretty complicated yeah. stuff. It's, I mean... I heard that can go pretty wrong. It can. Like, yeah. if you get the wrong planes, or if you send only your spleen to the other plane, <laughs> then you die of internal bleeding. Well, my, my thesis is actually about that. I'm I'm writing uh, how you can use bad interplanar travel for light surgery. So, like, oh. if someone needs their appendix removed, appendix removed, oh, you, you just, could just... Yeah, you just put put that in fucking Tartarus and bam. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to stitch them up. There's no internal <laughs> bleeding. It's just, like, that thing's not there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All appendices go to heaven. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> is, is it a plural of appendix, like, the organ appendices? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. It's a really good question. If you know, write into criticalwits at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at criticalwits underscore PC or find us on Tumblr under FVA Critical Wits. Uh, we're not on Tumblr. We're, we don't have a Tumblr. Yeah. Uh, I, I still. What are we talking about? We're talking about classes. So. Alright, so you have your proletariat. <laughs> So, originally... Episode 9, Class Warfare. <laughs> I hate you. Okay. I'm, so, originally, you you had these war game rules, and then they wanted to play man-to-man. You could be, like, a hobbit. This was before Tolkien, like, knew about Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> well, the Tolkien estate knew about Dungeons & Dragons, so they could still write Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that spawned into D&D, and um, you ended up with three. Fighter, magic user, and cleric. Cleric being something from the playtesting, where... <laughs> hoping you'd tell this yes, story. Yes, I, I have to tell the story. So, I don't know if this is true or not. It's been floating around. Um, I'm gonna regale you with the tale of Sir Fang. <laughs> so, in the original books, there are rules for playing monster classes. Playing monster classes is its own episode that we're not gonna get into. But, um, as far back as original D&D, you could be a monster. You would just start off as something weak, and then you would work your way up to becoming more powerful. Um, one of the characters in Dave Arneson's game was a vampire named Sir Fang, or something like that. Or he was he was a vampire, and he was sort of wrecking everyone's stuff. Um, he was way overpowered. So the reason why... Which we'll also get into in that episode. Yeah. The reason why we have the cleric is because somebody got tired of his bullshit <laughs> and decided to make a Van Helsing-like vampire hunter who was like a holy warrior. <laughs> For the express purpose of defeating Sir Fang. <laughs> Sir Fang had grown so powerful that they had to make a new class just to combat him. So when the original books were published, that's what you had. And then... Um, like how weird jerk friend had a force field and you had 
had to invent like the force field shattering laser. Yeah. 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 Except that it was a cleric. Yeah. So and now I... you can play as a force field shattering laser in Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, in later editions, you can play as a force field shattering laser cleric, which is two different builds they synchronize. <laughs> yeah. You uh, you can uh, dual class hybrid those yeah. together. They sync up really well. You're a you're an anti magic wizard, and uh, you multi class into. <laughs> no, I'm cutting this bit off right now. It's over. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's done. So as the game progressed, you got more classes. Um, I'm not going to profess to be an expert on original D&D, but I think in, like, Greyhawk or Blackmore, no, it was Blackmore, you got a paladin and assassin. And then in the strategic review, which is what the dragon, later to be called just a dragon magazine, was, like, that's the prototype. And they introduced the ranger, which is more based on Aragorn. But originally, you just had fighter, magic user, cleric, eventually thief in Supplement 1, Greyhawk. Yeah, so, and that sort of became the great D&D 4 of classes. Yeah, those were the the archetypes, your warrior, your expert, your healer, and your um, mage. mage. Yeah, so those four kind of became the foundation for classes in D&D as we know it. Yeah, and as regular vanilla D&D progressed, those were the things you could be, with exception of, like, elf and dwarf. Yeah, back when races were classes, which was a, a thing. Yeah. Um, are we, should we talk about that today? Race classes? No, yeah. I don't think so. Okay. Well, kind of. It does tie into the idea that at first classes were more thematic yeah. than perhaps mechanical. Yeah. So um, I guess we can talk about the granularity of class. Mm. Actually, no, a shift from archetype. So yeah. what happened was, like, and this is good thematical versus mechanical, yeah. you would have a fighter. And like your fighter, he got the best hit die and he was the best at fighting with the fighting numbers. Yeah, he had the biggest chances to hit enemies he could take the most punishment yeah and then you had your magic user who used magic yeah and, and he was weak and frail and then your cleric was like a mix between the two who and had healing magic but also was able to use some good weapons and yeah. wear armor but if you wanted to be conan the barbarian you would just be a fighting man yeah and if you wanted to be like a elric of melnibone you would be a you would be a wizard yeah who could fight with a sword yeah well i, I was gonna say if you wanted to be van helsing you would be a cleric a cleric yeah or, like all of these things. If you wanted to be something based off something from fantasy literature... You, you could slot most characters into one of these four archetypes. Yes. But what ended up happening is, as the game progressed and you got more subclasses, mm-hmm. now you had more niches to fill. So if you wanted to be Van Helsing, like now, you would be an Inquisitor in Pathfinder. Yeah, or if you wanted to be a, a Hedge Wizard, you would be perhaps a, a Witch in Pathfinder. Yeah. Or a Sorcerer. Or if you're playing 2nd Edition D&D and you want to be, um, a, you want to be Sir Lance a lot. Yeah, or like there's... a knight of the round. You would be a paladin. Yeah. You would have a holy knight. Now, originally, these new classes like paladin and cavalier and even bard and such were kind of subdivisions of these core classes. Like if you wanted to be a druid, you were a special kind of priest, for example. Yeah. Or if you wanted to be um, an assassin, mm-hmm. you were a specific type of thief. Yeah, but eventually what happened was that as the editions went on, these classes that were subtypes of these other classes eventually became their own classes that were completely distinct from their, I guess, quote-unquote, base classes. Like, instead of a barbarian being a kind of fighter, fighter and barbarian were both, I guess, quote-unquote, base classes, where they were both at the same level of... I guess, uh, complexity or whatever? Like, yeah. the hierarchy of parent classes, I suppose, stopped being a thing. So, like, they're, they're both warrior classes, but the way they go about fighting is completely different. Yeah, so, as that happened, there became a greater need to differentiate the classes by mechanics rather than just by theme, because originally... 
the classes definitely had distinct themes to them, and it was reflected in actually the class progression. We, we talked about this a little bit in the first episode, but uh, as you leveled up as a fighter, once you got to level 9 or so, as part of your class progression, you would gain a title of some kind and get land to be able to build a fortress. Yeah. So you would become a duke, and then like three levels later you can improve, improve duke. Yeah. But... And and the thing about that is is when these archety- when these classes were archetypes versus your like career, yeah. um, you were a fighter, but you could be like a swashbuckling fighter, or and then you no. Would... Well, what I'm talking about is actually in the earlier editions, the kind of character you played was actually more limited by your class because the abilities you got implied things about your character. Like at level nine, like if you were a fighter, you were the kind of person who would eventually build a stronghold. Yeah, but stronghold doesn't necessarily mean castle. It could be. Pi- Island. Yeah, or a wizard gets a wizard's tower. Or, if, you, if you were a thief, you would get a thieves' guild. Yeah, but if you like were uh, like there are other kinds of rogues that are just maybe like smooth talkers or whatever, and yeah. you wouldn't necessarily get a, a guild of smooth talkers. Yeah, that's true. Another thing is that your character might also not necessarily want to establish a presence like that. Yeah, and you can opt out of. Yeah, you can opt out of it, but it the classes definitely implied things about your character, hmm. and it did vary from class to class as well. Because See, I, I, I think I disagree, because, like, you can have, like, your Thieves' Guild, and, like, your Thieves' Guild could be a guild of, like, thieves who, like, mm-hmm. run around and they pickpocket. Or you could have, like, uh, what's his name from Oliver Twist? Bill... I don't remember. Bill Bailey, I think? I don't know. But he had, like, his group of orphans. Beetle Bailey? Beetle Bailey. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, you could have your pirate fighter, or your prince fighter, or your, like, mercenary fighter. Yeah, but the classes were more distinguished, I think, by these kinds of... Of thematic differences more as than by mechanics. mechanics. Like yeah. the difference between a barbarian and a fighter was not so great as it was that like a fighter got a castle and a barbarian like what did a barbarian get when they were first barbarian introduced? could get like well like there wasn't a barbarian yeah barbarian true. came in first edition in unearthed arcana yeah like, so if dragon. you were a barbarian you'd just be a fighter and you get to level nine you'd become the king and sit on your throne and look all bored because you wanted to be out slaying people yeah and the the thing is is I I think once you start getting more subclasses there is definitely a, a shift from like combat mm-hmm. versus like your character's story. Yeah, because like then, for example, I think the the most dramatic is cleric versus druid. Yeah, like, like uh, being a cleric, you had to follow the tenets of your god, and you could turn undead creatures, and you could cast healing magic, and you wore armor, and you fought. But a druid has all kinds of crazy restrictions and things that happen. Yeah. Uh, once you reach, I think it's 13th level, you have to go kill the other druid to take his place in the circle of druids, and then you you can't level until you, like, kill your way up the ranks. Yeah, like... And there can only be one grandmaster, like, 17th level druid in the area. So the, that class blatantly provided things about your character and their backstory. It implied yeah. that there was like a circle of druids, and you joined this circle, and the way to advance your character was by navigating the politics of this organization. Yeah. It wasn't like you get to turn into bigger animals. It was you now have more authority in this organization. Yeah, and then if you're uh, an assassin, you like establish a guild, <laughs> but you have to like clear it with other assassin guilds, and then you have to freaking go and like recruit 
recruit people, and then you have to, like, kill the master assassin. Yeah. And like, just all these different things that you, like, have to do, because you're, <laughs> this subclass is no longer, like, oh, I'm a fighter, but I want to be, like, a barbarian fighter. It, like, starts to determine your character concept. Yeah. And that's how it was in the earlier editions, but as things progressed, there started to be more of a move away from your class determining your character concept, and more towards being a general archetype of character. Yeah, I think the other thing about that, though, is you... I think you find less fighters who are, like, princes mm-hmm. trying to reclaim their territory yeah. versus, like, I am a fighter. Like, fighter is now your job. my job. Like, I am a fighter. I am Regdar, human... F- Regdar, human fighter! <laughs> and I wear a helmet, and I have a... Spike chain. Spike chain and broadsword, and I go around, and I wear my armor all the time. And it becomes less about, like, I need to, I need to establish myself and gain all this money so I can clear out this forest and start my own kingdom. And more about, I need to get more bonus feats. Exactly, yeah. But it becomes less about the story and more about just uh, adventuring. Man, I, uh, I'm I'm sorry, Crispy, that sentence made me cringe because that just sounds so, like, closed-minded grognardy. I I know, and that's not... Well, like, I know that's not what you meant, but, like, I don't want to fall into that trap of being all, like, it used to be, like, about the story. Well, because there's things that are freeing about the new approach to it, too. Yeah. About classes being less about your character concept and more about what abilities you get. Yeah. Because there are upsides and downsides. The the downside is less engagement with the story and the world, of course, because no, you no longer have the politics of the druidic circle built into your class. So you're, it's sort of less incentivized to interact with the world in that way. But that does end up freeing you up to explore different character concepts within a class. If you wanted to be a druid... For example, the I think the only druid I made was not part of any organization, but he was just a guy who lived in the woods with wolves. And he had nature magic, and he was just this mysterious wolf dude who didn't care about nothing. Hmm. See, like, <laughs> I, I think there, there's some weight to that. But I think the loss of improved Duke yeah. is... I think that is a loss. I think, like... Having that ability where, oh, now I'm at this level, I've gained this much gold pieces because gold pieces are experience points. <laughs> and now I can, like, build a castle or a friggin' mage tower or an <laughs> underground labyrinth <laughs> or clear out and have my skull pirate island. Yeah, but another thing, though... When they started to introduce the more specific classes, I think people started to be more wary of exploring concepts with different classes. For example, like, back when a barbarian could be a fighting man or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or, like, 3.5 was, I think, particularly agrarious with this because... For example, they had a class for basically everything. Yeah, 3.5, worst edition. <laughs> so if you wanted to be a ninja, you were a ninja. Yeah, you if weren't you're... like a rogue or, a, or an assassin in like or, first edition. Or even like a fighter if you, yeah. wanted, if you wanted to be like a Naruto style, I just go in with my sword and beat people up in broad daylight ninja, you could have been a fighter. You could have been a fighter, yeah. Yeah. So... But they have ninja and now you can be a ninja. And there are people... Who I like think, that. Yeah, and there are other people that sort of take things sort of dramatically the other way because once you have classes established less as your character concept and more as just a group of different special mechanical abilities, people start to feel like they can take that class and take it in wildly different directions. Like, uh, like, like Laser Wizard? <laughs> not, not Laser Wizard. Or a Lightning Wizard or whatever. Like, Lightning Sorcerer Ninja, whatever you did. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is, say, somebody who wants all the powers of a cleric, but doesn't want to be a cleric. 
For example, let's say my cleric is like a martial artist who he doesn't pray to a god but finds inner peace and his uh his uh, his flame strike is actually like a kamehameha and his uh his haste spell is his key abilities and his long sword is a karate chop. Well, why don't you just be a monk cuz they No, uh, but no. monks are a horrible class. I don't like their abilities at all. <laughs> I I want everyone to be like keenly aware that the bit about monks that he just said was sarcasm, yeah. not him contradicting himself. Because I can feel, <laughs> I can feel the people at the keyboards <laughs> just like, yeah. Well, to be fair, three point five monk was kind of sucky. I yeah. But the thing is, is that people, if you once more focus was placed on the mechanics as the defining feature of the class rather than the concept, that became what people sort of chose to play as rather than. So if you wanted to be like. In some editions around the middle area of the editions, you basically had to be a spellcaster if you wanted to be any good. Like, they brought out the Tome of Battle to make warriors into spellcasters and such. But I, I think d- the mechanics became much more of a deciding factor in what kind of characters people play. Like, I was on a forum post at some point. I think I went back into Giant Playground for some reason. And it's a bad idea. No, I just... Bad place. Just a little bit. I know. It's okay. And somebody... There was a thread that said something along the lines of, if you could have one fourth-level spell in a world with only spells above the third level, what would you want? And somebody said, like, well, I would want a lesser globe of invulnerability, which makes you invulnerable to spells of third level or lower. And he says, I am now completely invincible. No, you're not. Now, I looked it. I looked it up, and it turns out like lesser globe of invulnerability protects you from spells, does not protect you from axes. <laughs> so I, like that was exactly what I was going like, to say. Fighters, do people still have swords? Like they didn't even exist in this person's mind. Yeah. That's a whole... That's a different episode, but... Yeah. I think as greater emphasis got to be placed on the mechanics, that changed the way players looked at classes. Yeah, and so, like... And I'll freely admit, I played as classes just because I found them mechanically interesting. Like, yeah, Sorcerer, I mean... for example, was a class I was really into for a long time. Yeah. In 3.5 slash Pathfinder, because I really liked having the flexibility and not having to prepare spells and memorize what all of them do. I, I freaking love 4th Edition Ranger. Like, 4th Edition Ranger is the tits for me. Like, I love how friggin' dodgy you get. It's dodge. so cool. Yeah. You mean as in you dodge, not you, like you're a sketchy character? Both. Like, you well, you were bo- kind yeah, of I dodgy. I was pretty sketchy. I was dodgy, and also I dodged a lot. Yes. Um. So... I guess, like, we're kind of talking about this, um, is the granularity of class. Like, do you need to be a barbarian? Or can you, like, can that be your character's shtick? Does there need to be a class for every kind of character archetype, I think one thing that we should bring up with this is (laughs) D&D Next and the thief slash rogue. Uh, The rogue has been getting the runaround in D&D Next. The always gets the runaround. Yeah, people... Because I think also as the game started to shift more into combat rules, and I'm not going to say it was never totally not about combat. It always it, it was from a war game. D and D is a game about fighting. Yeah. So like, like, people will be like, "No, it's not." I have that we never roll any dice. We just do all the role playing. Yeah, that's and, called pretend. Yeah. Well, like, and that's <laughs> the thing. Like, yes, that is a part of D and D. But like, as equally as that is a part of D and D, fighting is as much, if not more, so because it's easy. 
easier mm-hmm. to just roll dice and hit things and yeah. kill things. And you'll hear from like, uh, like I think it's, I want to say it's Tim Cask, one of the dudes who like played in Gary Gygax session, where the, or one of these old grogs with the gray beards. Mm-hmm. They just had sessions where they would kick in doors and kill monsters. Yeah. Like their DM would just pick a monster out and like, all right, <laughs> let's kill this thing because that's what's fun. And like it is, rolling dice is fun. Killing things is it's fun. Uh, you don't get to go kill things. Killing things is fun. Killing things Chris in Stockin. pretend. <laughs> killing things Putting that up on the website. Taking, taking down the random quotes and just having it say, killing things is fun. <laughs> Christopher Crispy Stockett. June 13. June uh, 15th, is it? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think it's June like... 15th, 2013. Send that to the NSA. You know, oh, killing no. things is fun. Let me rephrase. Killing things for pretend is fun because it's against the law and you can't as much as you may want to can't go around killing I people. I often want to kill people, implied by Chris Stockett, <laughs> June 15th, 2013. P.S. I distrust the government. Chris Stockett. <laughs> P.P.S. I have gone on record many times at twitter.com <laughs> saying how much I disagree with society and wish that it would be changed radically. Please flag me. Read all my emails, Chris Stockett, June 15th, 2013. Uh, Solitary confinement. So you can have a barbarian. (laughs) I don't even remember. What were we talking about? We were talking about killing things. We were talking about killing things. Chris Um, Stockett. (laughs) All right, this bit's over. This bit's over. I was talking about how... I don't even know. Mechanics, like going through and, and like fighting monsters being fun. But like oh, we were talking about the combat focus of D D next. Yeah, and how D D's uh, always been And they took out the the game mechanics that tie your character into organizations in the world. Yeah. And they because on one hand, that is things that is things. Those are things that, that is things. Tim <laughs> Hankins June fifteenth, twenty thirteen. How do you like it? Horsed by my own petard. So, those are things that are probably better served without rules in some cases, if you want to have characters that are of varied concepts. But removing them from the game and being like, oh, you could just let the DM handle that. But having them be removed eventually is just like, hey, does it say anything about like where your character is in the world? Nope. Okay. Yeah. So, the rogue that ended up kind of causing this shift of classes from being character archetypes to being... I guess classes as we know them, like in sort of the video gamey sense. So yeah, your role in the adventure. Well, the rogue just kind of when they did that became a less good fighter. When the game became more combat focused. Yeah, they and they also sort of got this focus on sneak attacking. I guess they've always had that. Yeah, like with backstab. Well, and I'm such. talking about the instance specifically where we were like, huh, maybe we just don't need a rogue. Yeah, which was so it hurt us deeply to say that in that episode. I think that. I, like, that got me thinking, and it's always been a strain of thought that I've had. It's like, do we need a barbarian? Do we need a paladin? Do we need a ghost-faced killer? Like, but then we go back, way back into this, this discussion of, like, do we need classes? Yeah, exactly. And there are lots of RPGs that don't have them. Yeah. And I think you do need classes. I don't think you need much more than we have. Yeah, I think you need classes in Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. Like, not every game needs classes, but I think this game. So one thing that I really like is... It's something I had talked about on a different podcast. I don't even know when, but I was talking about being a barbarian in... Was it Save 
save for initiative. It was save, yeah, save for initiative hammers. Save for initiative hammers. Initiative save hammer or die. Roll a d twenty to see if you live or not. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, we were talking about like Conan the Barbarian, and you don't need to have a barbarian class to play Conan. You can do it with house ruling for your DM. Like, oh, hey, uh, John, I just read this great book by this dude named Robert. E- this is in the seventies. I just wanna, I wanna establish that. Can you edit in some disco music in the oh, background? I will. Yes. And okay, imagine it's us in the seventies, and I have this big fro, and I have. Uh, Mutton chops and like a friggin' goatee. Our our house has wood paneling and a full length wall mirror that takes up the whole wall. There's my a... living room is slightly elevated from my uh, my kitchen dining area. the The carpet is like shag. It's brown. It's brown and it's just like <laughs> it's got all these little strings that are just everywhere and uh, incense yeah. are being burned. So there, that's the scene. So, so oh John, I just read this great book, man. Friggin like blew my mind, man. This this dude, right? His name. Get this, all right. This is this is wild, man. This is far out. Conan, right? Well, who Conan? names? Yeah, man. Who names their kid Conan? Dude, that sounds like my math teacher. Yeah, man. So like, he's like a barbarian, right? And like, he's like just he's like this dude. He's the big mountain man, and he like loves being free because he knows the, the governments of man are just keeping everyone down, man. You know that sounds pretty fly. I know, man. I don't know what people talked like in the 70s so this cat i'm at a disadvantage here get this straight man this cat he comes in and he's like ain't no man gonna be the boss of me and i want to play i want to play a cat just like that man (laughs) just like that jack well here in the rules it does not say that you can be a barbarian well like i'm not trying to do a voice anymore i could just be like a a fighter right and then i could just make him like conan he could be like really fast maybe give him a, a speed of like 120 uh, instead of nine, and but, dude, you're like a barbarian, right? Yeah, man. Well, if you yeah. want a speed of 120, you can't wear heavy armor. Dude, he doesn't even need armor, man. He's that <laughs> tough. Maybe like he's got like a bigger hit die, man. You know, like it says here, D6 plus one. Maybe we'll give him like a, a like a D12. You know? I don't know at what point this started cracking me up, but I can't continue. So, like, he's also good at climbing, man. Get this, this cat can scale all kinds of walls, Jack. And so we'll just give him, like, a like a thief climb speed. And that'll be, like, give him, like, 500 more experience points for his first level to gain. So instead of, like, 1,500, he needs 2,000. Like a wizard, man. You're one mechanic-savvy cat. You Thanks, know some man. rules, but yeah, you also man. know when to break the rules. So I want to be like this Conan cat, man. That's, when I, that's the character I want to play. We gotta make everybody in the audience cringe. And that's how you would make Conan the Barbarian <laughs> in the 70s. Yes. Yeah. And and let's, uh, let's, let's leave a moment for everybody to clap. Thank you. Thank you. You can send your, was... your money to criticalwoods.gmail.com. Pretty popular, actually. Yeah. Thunderous <laughs> applause. Oh, they're standing. Uh, oh, oh my goodness! Oh, no, please. Oh, no, it's oh. fine. It's too. Oh, 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 oh! They're ch- they're chanting. Th- what are they chanting? Is that what? What? One more bit. One more bit. <laughs> we have to do another bit, don't we? I think we, so. We, all right. Later, later. We don't all want right, to spoil right. the magic of this bit. All right. We have to let it sink in. We understand. We have our way of doing things. Like we don't tell you how to do your job, audience. You just so keep we, doing your job, though. Yeah, keep keep clapping. We'll just uh, we'll we'll just like bask in it for. Briefly. I'd like to thank uh, Tim and uh, Tim's parents for being pretty awesome, and Aww. I want to thank God for making me an atheist. <laughs>
I'd like unfollowed to thank- <laughs> by the notoriously religious D and D community. <laughs> I hope I, I want. Dude, to have you read a D and D book? There's so many gods in there. No, <laughs> it's like can you go out and say you're an atheist? God. What what is what like, is okay, more along? If gonna think, if you're an atheist, clerics could turn undead. Can't explain that. Checkmate me. Checkmate. And you know, improved banana. Improved banana? You know, bananas. You know, the whole atheist banana thing where people take bananas as proof that God exists because bananas are sweet and flavorful and they fit in your hand and you can peel them. Even though it's not God that did that, but selective breeding by humans. Which is I, what made bananas so tasty. I was gonna, I was gonna bring up the uh, spontaneous life in a peanut butter jar argument. <laughs> how, given enough time and energy, that life, new life, should sprout from a jar of peanut butter, but it doesn't. Therefore, checkmate atheist. Yeah, checkmate atheist. How much time do you need? Because there's already life in a jar of peanut butter for one thing, unless you sterilize it somehow. Yeah. Well, I think they do pasteurize. And there's it. like organic compounds in there. I'm pretty sure if you threw a jar of peanut butter into space and it landed on the right planet yeah what are we talking about we're talking about how you can make conan the barbarian without (laughs) having a barbarian class but on the flip side of that coin not everyone is going to be that creative or have a dm who wants to bend the rules like that yeah and another thing is that if there is a barbarian class and you want to be a barbarian but don't want to be the barbarian class people are going to be like well what's that all about man yeah well like for me personally I've never seen the barbarian class done correctly. Really? Mm-mm. Like, every barbarian class that I've ever seen just kind of is lacking. Even the D&D Next Barbarian? The D&D Next Barbarian is pretty good, mm-hmm. but, like, I don't know. It's always about barbarian rage and not about, like, the barbarian being just a really big dude who is good at hunting or tracking or, like, killing caribou. <laughs> well, that would be a ranger, wouldn't it? Yeah, see, like... And another thing is that if you have classes that are thematically pretty similar, you start to get this overlap. Yeah, like paladin... Like, personally, I think paladin and cleric cleric are too similar. Yeah, especially, I think, in D&D Next, they're pretty similar. Yeah. But paladin and cleric are... You could be a paladin who's a cleric. Yeah. Is the thing. It's like there there used to be a rule that clerics couldn't use edged we- couldn't use edged weapons mm-hmm. and like that's not a rule anymore. All the paladin gets <laughs> is a horse. Yeah, and better fighting numbers than yeah. the cleric. Yeah. But and not as much magic. Yeah. Um yeah, so like I just think that maybe we don't need some of the classes. Or uh, I think like I think there should be a paradigm shift of like having your archetype, your mage, yeah. your, your warrior, your divine, and your expert, yeah. and then building something from that so you can like have some things to choose. I don't know, like yeah, that's kind of tricky because I don't think what constitutes a class has ever really been solidly established in any edition. Yeah. Like, every single edition has, like, a mix of classes that are super general or super specific. Like, for yeah. example, fourth, fighter ed- is... fourth edition has fighter and rune priest. <laughs> rune priest. Yeah. So, we have yeah. this really general class, a character who fights with weapons, and yeah. then we have rune priest. What does the rune priest do? I have no idea. I'm guessing something with runes. Probably. Maybe and praying or to them? Praying to runes? Is he like uh, is he like some sort of like Celtic or Scandinavian cleric? I don't know. But like a rune priest could be a subdivision of cleric. Yeah. 
or something like cleric even versus druid. Like a druid could be just a special kind of priest. Like in Pathfinder, there are separate domains for different kinds of clerics. And you can be a cleric whose domains are plants and animals. Yeah, well... The druid was always just a specialized yeah, priest. Yeah, but in Pathfinder, you could be a, a priest whose specialty is in p- controlling plants and animals because of they worship a nature god. And or somebody else in your party druid. could be a druid. Yeah, and then, like, druid... That's the thing about druid. It, for a very long time, has been less, like, Celtic priests and more, versus, like, I can turn into animals. Yeah, which is, like, a sort of nature mage. Yeah. So I think that was an, also a, an instance of classes starting from specific concepts of your character going towards general character archetypes. Yeah. I think they start, I think probably we talk about classes, they sort of began more as implying your character's career and path and sort of shifted more towards defining your character's abilities and role in the party. Yeah. Which I think is the thing. And... We still haven't really landed on any really specific definition, I think. Because from class to class, it varies even. Yeah. Like, you can be... A rogue could be a ninja, or an assassin, or a thief, like a burglar. Or could even be just a really agile, tricky fighter guy. Yeah. And, like, a fighter can be a fencer, or even, like, a pirate. But a rogue could be a pirate. But there might be a pirate class somewhere. Yeah. You know, all the additions are kind of... Sort of vague on this. And the thing is, in D&D Next in particular, I think the classes, there being a class for Paladin and Ranger and stuff, might be less... It, I think it might be more because of the tradition of these being base classes. Yeah, we talked about this when they were... Before they were actually released. Yeah. I... And I don't know how I feel about this now. I didn't want them. Like, I yeah. thought with the way that specialties and backgrounds worked, you could build a ranger yeah. through a fighting man fighter. Yeah. Um, or you could build, like, a tricky, smooth-talking rogue through just rogue. Or you could be a cleric who fights with a sword, and then, bam. There's you, your paladin. Yeah, you're like a noble guy and you are like a guardian yeah so and i don't (sighs) yeah like second edition had kits pathfinder has archetypes and kits and archetypes are things where they take a class and they take out some abilities and put other ones in to sort of change the angle of the class for example they might take a uh Hmm, I'm trying to think of a good example. Uh, there's the hometown hero. Yeah, like the kit in second edition. In second edition, there's the peasant hero where they take the fighter and they make it to they give him the ability to where he's like a renowned hero among the common folk and they would always provide him refuge and stuff. But the downside is that they always come to you with their problems. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I really like about and this is me giving praise to Pathfinder, is uh, you kind of had that kit system for races. So you could, like, slot in abilities and have different dwarves. Yeah, and that doesn't have anything to do with this topic, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. but you could do the same thing with classes. Like, you could be a magus... Or you could be Elric of Melnipony, <laughs> yeah. which is a uh, blade-bound <clears throat> magus or whatever it is. Yeah, where you're a warrior mage who has an intelligent sword that grows with you and occasionally opposes you. Yeah. Or if you, like, Rogue had really good examples where they had Rogue and then they had Scout or Acrobat or yeah. Trapsmith. Like, they took these different concepts of the Rogue and changed them mechanically, which I think is really good. But at the same time, they had the general classes and the archetypes, but then they had the more specific classes. Like, I think monk could even be a kind of fighter uh monk was originally a kind of priest yeah they took away spells and added punching and like thief skills and it made sense to them because a monk was a kind of priest but nowadays it's not it's it's the wuja monk is what you get yeah and 
Monk could be its own class, but I can also see Monk as a variant of of a warrior. Yeah. And in some editions, you could make a warrior who fights unarmed, and they'd be ending up looking kind of similar to a monk. Yeah. Hey, D&D-like developers, people who make role-playing games, uh, I want a fighter who punches things with his hands well, yeah, they... and isn't a monk. Well, you can have that. In D&D Next, you just take the martial artist feat. Yeah, but I want that damage to go up, like with a monk. And well, it doesn't better. go up with a monk in D&D Next. Oh, it doesn't? No, they, you get the D6 and that's it. Because oh, nice. you get the deadly strike and things like that. I haven't that's how it goes looked up. at the monk at all because I'm just disinterested. It's <laughs> crispy. I'm sorry. I <laughs> really like the ranger and the paladin. You could be an unarmed fighting paladin. Oh, man. You remember the hand of God? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Ah, I made a paladin who smites evil in 3.5 through, like, his metal hand. And he essentially <laughs> was just, he was Ash, Ash from, from the... Army of Darkness. <laughs> Didn't you give him a shotgun? I did give him a shotgun. Yes. But there's another thing, is that if there was only the four classes, could you make the Hand of God? Um, I guess it would be Cleric, wouldn't it? It could be Cleric, Like yeah. a punchy Cleric. Like a punchy Cleric. I think, here's the thing. I don't think I would think to do it, though. Because I think yeah. there's something that you said earlier about seeing the mechanics and dictating, like, oh, this is a cool character that I can make. Yeah, like, the mechanics of the different classes have inspired really cool character concepts. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that the shift towards a focus on really diverse game mechanics as opposed to just their, like, story archetype is inherently a bad thing. Yeah. Like, I, and I don't think that either approach is better than the other. I, I've acknowledged that it's changed, but I don't think it's changed either for the worse or the better. But I also think we've never really addressed the core question of what is a class. Yeah. Some people will say, nothing but a miserable pile of abilities. <laughs> But enough talk! <laughs> Have at thee! <laughs> and then Dracula throws the wine glass. <laughs> Here's the thing. That, that question has never really been answered of what constitutes glass. Another thing I wanted to mention before we wrap things up, which I don't know how close we are to wrapping things up. Uh, we're not super... We I think we're, like, skipping around. Where yeah. are we in the notes? Well, I think the notes were never meant to be a really lineal. Lineal. Yeah. So, lineal. Lineal. Linearly. Um, I guess varying level of No, but, like, let me make my point, Crispy. I was about to make a point, and you were about to cut me off. I am not. Crispy, I just wanted to I, know. I was about to make a point. Oops. Sorry. Crispy, you should let me make my point now. For those of you in the audience, Crispy just made the gesture where he was giving me the floor in that sort of passive-aggressive way, like, well, make your point, Tim, was his face. I'm not talking. You're doing all of the talking. <laughs> Shut up and talk specifically. All right, so I think in a system or an edition where there are fewer classes that cover a broader range of concepts, for example, if there's no if there's no barbarian ranger paladin and there's only warrior or fighter, there has to be plenty of other avenues of character creation, like feats or what have you, or different archetypes. Like, I think ranger and paladin and barbarian can be archetypes of fighter, mm. but I think more options need to be there for you to customize your character if there are fewer classes. I think it, it depends on how rules-heavy it is as well. That is also that is true. I guess rules light systems don't need as many customization options because a lot more is abstracted. That's actually uh, a good point, going back into the actual notes themselves. <laughs> is playing rules as written. Like, I know one thing that you have mm -hmm. against old editions, as when we have our, like per annual debate of old versus new school. <laughs> yeah, and we, uh, it ends usually in a fist fight. Yeah, it's, uh, I've still, I've still got a lump on my head, but... Yeah, I, uh, I managed to find my teeth, but it was too late. 
So how close? Like, I one thing that you don't like is that there aren't enough character customization rules, and you feel like everyone is playing the same fighter as everyone else. Yeah, like different kinds of fighter. You can have an axe or a sword. Yeah, and I think that kind of goes into you could not wear armor, but you'd be dumb. Yeah, like how closely to the rules is written do you play? And for me personally, it's not. If I need to know a rule, I ask you. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Tim, what's the rule with this? Ah, um, I'm kind of torn on how I would do this. What do you think? Yeah, and then I give some kind of ruling or happen to know the rule exactly for some reason. Yeah. So, like, going back earlier, like, if I'm playing basic expert D&D and I have mm-hmm. a fighter. Yeah. And I want to play Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. Like, I could work with the DM and make special abilities for my fighter, making him unique. Yeah. We, okay, so it's from the Lost Episode 8. <laughs> we never got to tell about the paper mini story. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Do you want okay. the paper mini story? Yes. So, going into that, we did a thing. We went to a convention in January. It was okay. There were a lot of fighting games, which I liked, but there were supposed to be tabletop games, but there weren't any tabletop games. Um, there were, like, Magic the Gathering people, yeah. which sucks, and hopefully it happens again next year, and they work with things. Yeah, we, we had our big table with all our dice, and nobody came. Yeah, but, uh, so one thing that we did the night before, I wanted to run Swords and Wizardry, and I didn't want to roll up a bunch of pre-made characters. Yeah. Because it's tedious, and, like, you can do it in 15 minutes, but... It's 15 boring minutes. It's 15 minutes per character, and I just, I ain't got time for that. Ain't nobody so, got time for that. I, as you know, Tim makes paper minis. I make paper miniatures available for sale on drivethroughrpg.com and paizo.com. You can pay about seven cents a mini. You'll get 20 to 30 distinct drawings, each in two color schemes, as well as the uncolored line art, so you can print out a paper mini and color it on your own. Find a paper mini that suits your character, or find a paper mini you like, build a character around it. Which is what we did. So what we did was, we took these paper minis, and we kind of we thought of, like, here's a class. This is, like, this guy is this class. But then we gave each of them a unique ability. Yeah, and they weren't necessarily balanced versus anything. It was just, like, here's a cool thing that this guy yeah, can We were do. mostly shooting the stuff. Yeah, we were just coming up with things. And that's a thing that you can totally do in, like, old editions. Because there's not, like, a system, like systemic way of how abilities are balanced. Yeah, because that doesn't fact, exist. There's no way of abilities being balanced at all. Yeah. There's no such thing as balance. Yeah, which I like. Is freeing in some ways, yeah. and in other ways is problematic. Yeah, it can be. It depends. You just kind of eyeball things, really. Yeah. Uh, Which I don't like. Why do you even need rules if you're going to eyeball everything? Yeah. Uh, that's that's what appeals to me. Well, like, then, like, don't play with crappy rules. Play with, like, no rules. I mean, I like the rules that are there. Like, you roll a d20 and you hit a thing. And, and then you t- consult the table. No, you don't have to do it that way. Like, Wait, hold on. People are going to Wait. hear me say that. And Crispy, be like, we are not going to get into fist fight I, on the podcast. I know. I was also going to bring that up. Anyways, <laughs> so you can provide new options to a characters to make them unique from other characters of the same ilk in older editions. It yeah. requires a lot more work on your part. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to have an, everybody be okay with it. Yeah. Like, if your DM is a jerk and you want to be a fighter who punches, they'll be like, okay, uh... You do the two damage that you normally do. Yeah. Uh, you should probably pick up that sword, you dumb idiot. <laughs> but it's like, oh, I want it to be freaking... I want it to be Kwai Chang Kane from <laughs> Kung Fu The Legend Continues. Well, I think that's a bad example because then you would just be the monk as written in the book. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but, like, say you want to be, uh... Who's, like, a fisty brawler who is not a monk? 
Okay, let's say you wanted to be Yusuke Urameshi. Let's say you wanted to be Muhammad Ali. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Who is like, not from an anime, but is real. Yeah, your name is actually just Muhammad Ali. That's your character's name, Muhammad yeah, Ali. Yeah, Muhammad Ali, because this is the old editions, and like you could name your character whatever, because they're just going to die. Yeah. But you wanted to be a boxer. So, yeah. And like you'd have to, the DM would have to be willing to work with you. Yeah, so you don't wear armor, but like maybe like you get double your dex bonus to your AC, or maybe you just have an AC that goes up as you level. Yeah. Like you can do these things. You can homebrew completely unique classes to your games. Yeah, and I think if the system supports something like that, then I think definitely there should be a trend towards fewer classes rather than yeah. more. But I think that kind of falls into like, oh, I'm a fighter. That's the archetype of what I'm playing. I think. I think one of the editions that do it best probably was second edition in terms of how well a class was defined because I think it's the only edition off the top of my head that actually actively categorized the classes yeah. under different groups. Like, oh, like, you're a warrior, warrior, and then that has fighter, uh, and, ranger, paladin. And then there was rogue, which had thief and bard yeah, and, and assassin. Yeah. And, like, Well, there priest, were no assassins in second edition. Oh. A priest had cleric and druid and such. Yeah. So they actually did make some kind of attempt to categorize the classes and establish some kind of hierarchy or system of what constitutes a character class. Yeah, but the other thing that 2nd Edition did, I think, well, and mm-hmm. some people might debate me on this, is kits. Kits? Like, so you have your fighter, and say you want him to be, like, a yeah. spartan fighter. So You're he's like a, a Myrmidon. Yeah. And you use the Myrmidon kit. Or you want to be a thief who is, like, a guild thief versus a thief who's, like, a thief acrobat. Yeah, or... And so they, they supply you with those things. Sure, you have to pay for, like, a book of this, mm-hmm. but it helps... It helps you to not have to rely on coming up with something that may not be balanced or whatever. Yeah, and we love coming up with our rules, but, like, not everybody does. Yeah, exactly. Some people hate it. Like, they think, like, why isn't this game done for me? Yeah. Like, I don't want to come up with this game. I paid money, so I wouldn't have to. <laughs> and people do that. Like, people don't want to write adventures, so they come up with their own. Or they don't want to write adventures or come up with their own adventures. So they run pre-published adventures, and, like, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's just a different way of playing. Yeah. And I think the game... Shouldn't be designed with having the players and do extra work in mind. Yeah, and I think back in the day it was because it was like guidelines versus yeah. game rules. Another thing that muddied up the waters is in later editions you had prestige classes. I don't know. And like paragon paths, and then they started to get more specific. But, like, there was already inconsistency in the specificity of the classes. Like, Druid could have been a prestige class for Cleric. Yeah, But Druid true. was also a base class. But yeah, like, but, like, back in the day, Assassin was a base class, but now it's a prestige class. Yeah, and, but now, and now it's going back to, like, a scheme for rogues. Yeah. Like a rogue. But another thing is, like, in, even in D&D Next, Rogue covers, like, Assassin and Acrobat and Con Artist and, and like, Burglar. Yeah, but, but like, then they you have still Druid. have Fighter and Ranger and Paladin. Yeah. And Druid, yeah. You and have these... Like, Druid isn't a kind of cleric. It's its own thing. Yeah. But then Rogue covers all these different stuff. Like, it has never been consistent as to how broad of a range of character concepts a class covers. Yeah. The alliteration copyright, Tim Jenkins, June 15th. You can't steal my alliteration. Uh, can you copyright alliteration? Absolutely. All right, well, I guess. There we go. Um, so we, we had mentioned... We had mentioned at the beginning, friggin' elf slash dwarf slash <laughs> hobbit. Yeah. Do we want to get into that? Like, basically, those are archetypes. Yeah, but for... I think that just serves as more proof that classes started out as character concepts, but moved away from that. Yeah, because it was like, you could be an elf, and like... So, okay. Originally, you were an elf, and an elf could be a fighting man or a magic user, and you would switch between adventures or days, depending on how your DM ruled it. Mm-hmm. But then as 
basic vanilla D&D progressed. You became Elven Adventure, which was just a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Dwarf Adventure. Mm-hmm. So it became more of, like, this is what adventurers from these classes are like. Not necessarily what every NPC is like. Yeah. Um, but... As classes moved away from your class dictating your character concept. Yeah, you could finally be an elf thief. Or like a an dwarven elf wizard. Yeah. You could be like a gnomish barbarian. No. No gnomes. No gnomes? No gnomes. No gnomes at all? No gnomes at all. I'm pretty sure gnomes are in the game, Grisby. Nope. If you play gnomes, uh, I will fight you. But gnomes can be cool. No, they can't. Yeah, they can. No, they, no, they can't. Did, what about my gnomes? Your gnomes are okay. I mean, they're pretty cool. Yeah. But, like, that's aesthetically. Yeah. Like, they look neat, but I wouldn't want to play one. Would you tolerate one being in the same no. world as no. you? Fuck that guy. <laughs> what's, what's he even do? Oh, he makes stuff? I got dwarves for that. Oh, he's tiny? I got halflings for that. <laughs> why do I need, like, why do I need something between those? <laughs> Can we have an episode just about how you don't get gnomes? I just, I don't understand them. <laughs> Like you, so there are two types of gnome. There's garden and friggin' like steampunk gnome. Yeah. That's all there is. There's not anything in between. Neither of those fit into D and D. What about um that one episode of Freakazoid that had lawn gnomes? Those are garden gnomes. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like it was a parody of gargoyles, except they were lawn gnomes and they turned into statues. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> Like, they just don't make sense. Why? Why do I want to be a gnome? What can I do as a gnome that I can't do as a dwarf or a halfling? Talk to woodland creatures? I have a, I could be a wizard. Or I could just say halflings can talk to woodland creatures. Or I guess elves. Yeah. I guess gnomes are kind of like a weird mishmash of everything. Yeah, it's like, oh, if you want to be all of these other things, but way less cool. You know, the thing is, is that... Gnomes are not that unpopular. I hate them. Like, people are going to disagree with you and probably kill you. Whatever, I'll fight them. You're gonna have to, Grisby. <laughs> like gnomes, I'll fight you. So, uh... R- remember... And remember, I uh, have this on the record. I want to kill people. Chris Stoggett, June 15th, 2013. Exactly. Like, this... I had our stenographer, Barry, take care of that. Yeah, like, just... <laughs> gnomes don't need to be part of the game. But you don't. know what needs to be part of the game? Character classes. Yeah. The topic of this episode. I think, here's the thing. We talked for a long time and wound up with more questions than answers. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's well, the problem here. Usually we can come to some kind of consensus, but like we sort of realized that classes are way weirder and less defined than we actually thought. Yeah, it's like you can be a fighter and your job is just fighter. Like that's kind of, I, I see what has happened in later editions. It's like, no, I see, but I see that as being what happened in earlier editions. No, see, like, you you were a fighter, but, like, fighter wasn't your job. <laughs> like, it wasn't your occupation. occupation. In later editions, like, you were a fighter, you had, like, your business card. <laughs> Bob the fighter. Bob the fighter. You handed them out, like, oh, I need, I need some fighting done. Oh, I remember. That's, that's like, but Bob. when you say that's your job. He's got, like, a Glenn Lerner think... commercial. <laughs> Nobody, that's local, man. Nobody outside, of Vegas, nobody outside of Vegas is going to get a freaking Glenn Lerner joke. He's, he's just Glenn Lerner in, like, scale mail with Glenn a Glenn Lerner is the way to go write the, the River Valley Fames. <laughs> Fort, write X-I-V-V-C-L-X. 
Nobody's gonna get that friggin' local commercial joke. <laughs> this is a treat for our Vegas goers. <laughs> which is basically just like Joe, Joe and and Dave from Fazoli's. <laughs> But, like, so, friggin', like, in, like, 3.5 and onward, like, you were a fighter. That was your job. You, like, clocked in to the fighters killed. Here's the thing, though. Another thing that 3.5 brought in was briefly dipping into classes. That's something we didn't talk about. That's something I have highlighted. It's the way I was going. Yeah, I noticed you were going that way, and I I assisted you, as would somebody assist a frail old man across the street as they slowly hobbled their way towards some meaningful discourse. Excuse me, Sonny, can you help me talk about the level of commitment to your (laughs) class? All right, come on, Grandpa. (laughs) It's a beautiful day today. Yeah, uh, man, I hope you can't read my shirt. Uh, my my <laughs> wife died yesterday. Oh, I'm... Oh, it's no, okay. No. She was old. Oh, I'm not. But she was the last person from my generation. Oh. Oh. It's just me now. I'm, uh, I'm inwardly uncomfortable, but I don't want to show it in front of this Remember old man. Remember when black people couldn't vote? Oh, now I am uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I remember why I don't help old people do anything now. Uh, I apologize to all old people everywhere. (laughs) Not all old people. Yeah, like, a lot of them are pieces of shit. I don't know if I want to edit that out. (laughs) Don't. Old people are pieces of shit. Tim Jenkins, June 15th, 2013. Man, oh man, I forgot how many members of the government are old. Oh, now I'm on a list. This is worse than that time I tweeted that I thought I would be interested in learning how to make bombs just in case the apocalypse happened. <laughs> I deleted it. But Dude, you're on so many lists. No, it was already. I didn't want to learn how to make bombs so I could destroy society, but if society got destroyed by something else, I think it would be a useful skill. Maybe. Like I can't fight. I just but maybe if I knew how to make bombs. Maybe. I wouldn't have to fight people or zombies or like shape shifting lizard men <laughs> or what have you. I'm dying. Let's let's talk about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Alright. So uh back in the day it was a lot easier to be committed to your class. Because, because you, you had these huge experience point penalties. Yeah, where it's like, oh yeah, oh, you wanna be a fighter and a wizard? Okay, well uh first you have to step in this bear trap. <laughs> Oh, you still want to do it? All right. Uh, you had like a, it was like a friggin' hazing ritual where like if you wanted to be a fighter cleric, like the fighters and clerics would get together and put a pillowcase over you and hit you with a sack of oranges. <laughs> and then you would level half as fast. Yeah, so back in the day, you could you multi-class or you could dual class. Multi-classing, you split your experience points evenly, so you leveled either like half or three times as slow, mm-hmm. depending on how many classes you had. And your race dictated what you could multi-class into. And yeah, because was, everybody knows that, that a dwarf doesn't know how to be a wizard. I don't, like, I'm, I'm okay with no dwarf wizard. I'm okay with it. Racist. I know, I'm sorry. I hate gnomes. <laughs> well, yeah, you clearly we're going to have to edit out all that gnome hate speech. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna... surprised you didn't throw out any slurs. <laughs> I I don't know any gnome slurs that couldn't also like double as real life slurs. I know, I know a good one. Okay, red cap, red cap. Wow, dude. Wow. I you're gonna have to bleep out the vowels in that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then cut this out. <laughs> um. So yeah, I'm okay with dwarf wizard. Like 
But you just said you were okay with no. Or I'm dwarf not wizard. okay with dwarf wizard. Sorry. I bet you're not okay with like certain ethnicities and certain occupations either. Yeah, like I don't want like hill dwarfs being clerics. Like hill dwarfs can't be clerics. Crispy, dude. No, only the the mountain dwarf master race can ascend to the upper echelons of the clergy. Keeping it pure. Oh God! This has gone in a this very is uncomfortable the worst direction. Episode ever. Uh, if you hate us, write into criticalwits at gmail dot com because we deserve it right now. Yeah. You know, like, I freaking, think, didn't this, I tweet that I wanted to say that anybody who drew comfort, like, comparisons between fantasy races and real-life systemic oppression of races should be, like, killed? Yeah. Well, we're, we're joking, though. <laughs> yeah. That's, there are people who really believe these things. They're bad people. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be, like, sci-fi fantasy without heavily racist undertones. Yeah, like freaking Heinlein. Anyways, that's not <laughs> what we're talking about. So, it was a lot more restrictive. You could multi-class, and you would, like, level two or three times as slow. Or, you could dual-class... And rules is written, when you dual class, you have to function as your new class without using any of your old class's abilities, or you would not gain any experience points. <laughs> yeah, because you're not learning anything, just falling back on your old abilities. Yeah, um, but then, once you reached equal level in both classes, or it might be one more in your new class versus your old class, you basically became this friggin' monster of a character. Yeah, and it was kind of weird and silly. Ah, uh, yeah, it, the way it works is kind of weird, but in 3.5, they did away with all that, and you could just freely multi-class, kind of. Yeah, There were still level restrictions as, originally. Whenever, whenever you gained a level, you could take a level of your normal class, or you could take a level of a different class. And so something that became very popular was taking just a couple levels of a class solely for just getting the abilities that the class offered. Like Dragon Shaman. No, no, I'm going to say more like a Paladin. Yeah, so you kind of ran from this thing where, like, oh, I'm a, I'm a fighter magic user thief who's yeah. an elf. And then, like, you could have, like, oh, I'm a dwarf fighter cleric. Yeah. Or, like, I'm a, I'm a human fighter who used to be a fighter, but now I'm a druid. And yeah. so I'm a fighter druid. But now you have, like... I'm a, I'm a sorcerer who wants to have good saving throws. <laughs> I, I spent a summer at Paladin Camp. Yeah. Before so, returning back to being a sorcerer. Yeah. I think a lot of that is the basis of another episode in terms of, like, I guess how much you let your class's flavor determine your character concept. Yeah. Like, for me, you can't just dip into Paladin. Yeah. But like, you could dip into Fighter. Yeah, you could definitely dip into Well, if you're a Rogue. Paladin... I mean, if you're a sorcerer, yeah, like freaking Miles. Yeah, like, had to and dip into I'm fighter. okay with that. Like, yeah, but even but like you end up with some optimizers. That's a whole different game. Yeah, um, some but, optimizers will be like, oh, I'm like sorcerer three, paladin one, ghost faced killer two, wizard five, cleric three. That's a terrible build. I don't like. Look, I'm just saying, like they do these super weird th dragon shaman one. <laughs> For infinite healing. For infinite healing forever. But here's the point I was trying to get at, was that, like you said, some classes it seems okay to dip into, but some classes it doesn't, just because how much your class defines your career is inconsistent. Yeah, like, like a dipping into druid? Yeah, I being a druid, like or a, a druid or a paladin is like a lifelong commitment, but being a fighter is like, oh, do you fight with weapons? You're a fighter. Yeah. Or a rogue is like, oh, I want to be slightly trickier and have some sneak damage. Then, they, yeah, like friggin' go to rogue summer camp. 
but you can't, like, I want to have better saving throws, so I'm going to take Paladin 2 and get my charisma bonus, which is ridiculous, to all saving throws because I'm a sorcerer or whatever. Yeah. One thing that bugs me about it, and I think it's just kind of a playstyle thing, is mm-hmm. when you become first level in a class, mm-hmm. that is, like, the culmination of some sort of training. Yeah. Like, oh, I spent all of my years as, like, a mercenary foot soldier. Now I'm a fighter who's gonna strike out on my own. Yeah, or I was an apprentice wizard for years, and yeah. I've finally, like, been able to become a first level wizard. But really what's happening is, it's like, oh, uh... I killed a, like, friggin', here, this is true. Let me tell this story. Here were, t- there was, like, okay, I was on Giant in the Playground. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I need to, like, ban you from that place somehow. Okay, there was a thread where it's like, what would you do if you were transported into the world of D&D? Here's what people said. Here's what people actually said. Somebody said they would kill X amount of wolves so that they could become a wizard. That's not how it... Well, here's the thing. People just, like decided that the mechanics of the game dictated like the laws of the world. Like by the mechanics of the game, you kill a certain amount of wolves, you, you get gain a level. A level. Yeah. You gain a level, you can be a wizard. Yeah. Like, what were you before? Uh, I guess a first-level commoner. Some people said expert, but I'm like, you're on a D&D forum. Like, like, your area of... If you're an expert and your area of expertise is cheesing out the rules, you're a commoner. Yeah. You're plebeians. (laughs) Class warfare! God damn it! And we're back! Ah, This episode is done. (laughs) This episode is not really done, is it? No. So, friggin', for me, it's like... Man, like, you would think that, like, man, I you're a third-level fighter. I feel bad because I was condescending. It's... Do whatever you think is fun, guys. Yeah. But, like, if you get transported into the, wor- the world of D&D, if this actually happens to you, don't go kill wolves thinking that that's all it takes to be a wizard. Yeah. I'm, telling this to you for, I'm telling this to you for your sake. Yeah. And like, also, those poor wolves. Don't go fight wolves. Like, sure. Go, if you want to be a wizard, you're going to have to apprentice under a wizard. You can't just automatically become one. Yeah. It's not like, ding! Like, here's the thing. If you're a commoner, you have a D4 hit yeah. A wolf? That's like what? CR1? Yeah. You I guess maybe they fight a wolf. They theorize that maybe you get to bring stuff like guns or whatever. Hmm. But here's the thing, Mr. I'm going to kill wolves to become a wizard. Your wealth by level doesn't let you have a gun. <laughs> Why don't you just... Like, okay, so I guess, like, if the mechanics still dictate how the world works, one bullet isn't going to kill, like, your level 5 wizard. But, like, if you go through real-world logic and you kill, like, you just walk up to a wizard and and shoot him in the head. tap him. With this fucking device he's never seen. Yeah, it's like, hey, I got this cool new medicine from the future. Dude, what's, like, CR5? And then you give him a shot. You, yeah, you friggin', you shoot this, like, CR5 wizard. That's way more experience than wolves. Yeah. You're gaining at least two, like, two levels. You can only gain one level at a time. Is that still a rule? Yeah, like, you get experience, if you, you level, and then you get experience up to, like, one below your next level, and then the rest Is that still in 3.15 and I'm pretty sure it is. I I know it's an AD&D. I know it's an AD&D and OD&D. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's the rule. I don't know. But here's, like... If you I think know what we're trying to say is that is in the DMG <laughs> 3.5. Well, I think the point that we've sort of have strayed away from is that dipping into a class sort of defeats the idea of getting the first level class being a culmination of a lot of training. Yeah, like it sort of becomes retroact I guess maybe it comes retroactively implied that while you were fighting you were studying to be a wizard or but, whatever. Like you I don't know. I 
I, I don't like it. I don't like that yeah, retroactive. Here's, and here's some, a point I wanted to make way back, was that you're okay with dipping in some classes but not others. Yeah. Which I think is a failing of the lack of definition of class and, like, the specificity of it. Yeah. Because if classes were really consistent in what constituted a class, then you should either be okay with all dipping or not okay with any dipping. Yeah. But having it be a case-by-case basis just sort of highlights that classes are really inconsistent in terms of how much of your character concept that they determine. Yeah, so for me, it's like you become first-level wizard. Like, mm-hmm. it's the culmination of years of apprenticing. But, like, you're a third-level fighter about mm-hmm. to go to fourth level as a character. Yeah. And, like, you're just like, oh, I, I want to be a wizard. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this isn't, like, the culmination of, like, oh, I was training with the party wizard mm-hmm. with how to learn how to be a wizard and having him teach me these things. Yeah. It's really just fucking Darren wanting to be able to cast spells. Yeah. Darren. I'm glad we uninvited Darren from all of our games. Me too. I hate that guy. Yeah, I hate him too. Yeah. Dragonfire X9 or whatever your name X91. was. X91. X91, that's right. I forgot that he had well, like... Well, it's like we both blocked him on AIM so long ago. That yeah. It's hard to remember. Yeah. Darren, if you're listening... We hate you. We hate so much Darren. <sighs> There's <sighs> one thing. I guess several things. But there's a thing that I want to say that I'm going to say as soon as I remember it. Right, okay. I kind of have an interesting proposition to solve our problem of classes not being well-defined. Okay. Here's the thing, you know, we have the categories of, like, fighter, and then you have talent barbarian. Yeah. I don't think the answer is less classes. I think, think the answer more is more classes. More class. Here's the thing. Don't take out paladin and ranger and barbarian. Take out fighter and add in slayer and myrmidon and fencer and archer and tactician. So then would you have, like, uh, instead of having wizard, you would have, like, evoker. Illusion. Evoker. Illusionist. Necromancer. Necromancer sorcerer. Warlock. Um, Maybe it is not... Spellblade. <laughs> yeah, warrior mage. Like, take out cleric and have, like, inquisitor, priest, like, white mage, or... Uh, Paladin. Druid. Paladin, yeah. Maybe the answer is not dial back classes to make them more generic. Maybe it's, like, dial them forward and take out the general classes. Like, take out rogue and have assassin and rake smooth and thief. talker. Acrobat. I think swashbuckler. Yeah, I think smooth talker is rake. Yeah. I but so. I kind of like the idea of lots of classes. <laughs> Definitely gives you lots to choose from. Yeah, I think part of what nudged me in that direction is Fire Emblem. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, which has, like, Swordmaster. the thing is, is when you're presented with that much choice, Mm -hmm. it becomes hard to choose. That's what happens to me in Fire Emblem. Like, (laughs) friggin' Krom is level 19. I have one more level (laughs) in Lord before I have to choose a Master Class or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't fucking know what I want him to be. Make him him Great Lord. Great Lord? Yeah. But, like, what if I wanted to have him be, like, something I don't know. Like, I don't, I just don't know what I want him to be. Like, what the hell am I going to make a friggin' my tactician after this? What am I going to make Gaius? Am I going to make him an assassin? And am I going to make him, like... I made him a trickster just because I made Long Ku an assassin. Long Ku would be good at assassin. He is, by the way. Yeah. Dude, what do I do with the Vake? Like, I don't even know what to do with the Vake. I kind of stopped using the Vake. <laughs> Unfortunately. What's, what's the Vake's, like, growth progression like? I mean, I don't know. I stopped using him. Uh... If so, you know the Vakes growth progression, <laughs> send me a tweet at, at criticalwits underscore PC. But I do kind of like the idea. But then there's the thing of if we go that way and decide to make all classes more specific, then what if you have a character concept that isn't covered by a class? Then, then you just then you're kind of boned. Yeah, I guess like. We providing the abilities like that's the thing I was talking about earlier is is go more generic provide more customized abilities. Oh, maybe maybe you would have hmm, maybe you would have the generic classes 
but maybe there's the four generic classes, and you can play as like ultra genericized versions of them that don't have specific abilities. But then you could trade out the kind of generic ones for more complex and more specific ones. Like, say, Fighter gets like good fighting numbers, and if you want to be a ranger, you can trade out some of the good fighting numbers, which are really generic, for like your your hunting abilities and your your dodging and your uh, maybe even limited spellcasting or whatever. But what if you want to be more like uh, an old school ranger versus like what ranger has become? That's another thing we didn't talk about, and I don't think it really needs a lot of point, but, like, the character classes, some of them ended up changing completely, like Druid and Ranger. I think Ranger the most. Ranger definitely. Like, Ranger started as kind of a spellcasting warrior class. Yeah. And then they kept kind of spells, and 4th edition they lost spells entirely. It seems like they're gonna get spells back. Yeah. But they were, like, an armored, like, tracker who was good at fighting giant monsters. And then Mm -hmm. they became, like, Rangers. Like, what Rangers are now when you think of Ranger. Yeah. And at some point, there was this two-weapon fighting archery dichotomy. Yeah, I think that actually popped up in 2nd edition. Yeah, and that's actually going away in 5th edition. I'm okay with that. Yeah, like, that never really made a lot of sense. Yeah, but, I don't know, like, I I think we definitely, we didn't really solve anything. Yeah, we just sort of realized that there are these weird problems with how classes are defined. Yeah, there were a lot of good bits, though. Yeah, like, I think we we definitely informed people about how classes We don't have to solve these problems, we just have to talk and be interesting. Yeah. And, like, we can provoke discussion. Yeah. Like... We never went into this expecting that we would have solutions to every problem or that we knew better than anybody. Yeah. Oh, we kind of thought we knew better than Teal. We know like, we, we, we know a lot, we, I think. I think. Not to be arrogant, but I think we kind of know our stuff enough to do a podcast at least. Yeah, people listen to us and they're like, oh, these guys know what they're talking about. Yeah. And I think there's some merit to that. We don't have all the answers, but I think, like, but, it's interesting to look at. And I, I'm very interested in hearing what everybody else thinks, our listeners. Yeah. Like, I love, like, my, my favorite part of the podcast is hearing what people have to say in response to us. Yeah. Freaking write us some emails. Goddamn. Yeah, like, people used to write us emails all the time, and now they don't anymore. That's, I think, my fault. I think people think we pod-faded. We don't. Well, we didn't, but, like, I can see why they... Yeah, we did. Yeah, like, please write us in. Yeah, we we need to have another mailbag episode, but we don't have enough material. Yeah, so like they say, like we you... have a we have Mike Oswald talking about Puma Man. Yeah, but, but like that doesn't make it into a, uh, a freaking mailbag episode. Yeah, like they say, you only hear from ten percent of your audience. Yeah, so we're hearing from like not 10 it's less than 10 percent. so if you were thinking about writing us something or you had something you wanted to say but you're kind of relying on someone else to say it Mm -hmm. please write that email to us and we read everything you send to us we do we also aggressively google things that you say about us to other people yeah i uh (laughs) i also i have kind of taken it upon myself to do comments on the website Mm -hmm. and i i've deleted over three thousand comments in the last week spam comments and it's all spam yeah so i i want some of those comments to not be spam yeah make that a good part of crispy's like do you know how great it is to sift through 50 spam comments and find like a real comment of someone really saying something to us yeah it's good it's it's like freaking christmas like, earlier, I was, like, looking at my freaking article about D&D Next and my my propositions for how they could be modified, and I was looking down, there were so many comments, and yeah. it made me feel warm inside, like I had not wasted my time on that article, and that people read it and enjoyed it. And then I googled stuff about that article, and people, like, referenced it in their own homebrew stuff, and that made me feel like I had just swallowed a puppy. Uh, that's that's a, that's a good feeling. Yeah, I don't mean in, like, a, a, like a devouring way. I mean, like, that my insides have been converted to puppies, and that... Every time I opened my mouth, a billion puppies spilled out. I tried to make that less creepy. No, it didn't work. (laughs) 
I'm talking metaphorically. I'm trying to say it made me feel happy. You could have just said that. You could have kept it succinct and not super, like, some kind of weird vor fantasy that you find on fanfiction.net. It was not supposed to be this way. Anyways. I'm we, crying. We, we Crispy made me cry. I'm sorry. June like, 15, 2013. We do this for free. Uh, we've put money into this and we put time into this we put a lot of time into this yeah um you guys mostly crispy's time you guys get like the hour and a half episode um right now as we're recording it's coming up on an hour and 50 minutes um, so i think we should probably wrap up huh? yeah but i i edit out at least 20 like 15 to 20 minutes of silence and bloopers because i want and likes and likes <laughs> you guys don't even know how stupid we sound at the first pass like look i just did it i didn't mean to yeah but it is as if <laughs> it is as such <laughs> it is as such that should you ever talk to us in person you will think us to be much less intelligent than we sound on the show it harkens one mind to <laughs> this <laughs> um yeah like i i aggressively edit the show and it takes me probably out four hours like yeah. it is it's tedious, but I do it because I want you guys to listen, and I want you guys to have a thing. And we want to provide you with quality product. Like, we recorded a whole episode, and we tossed it out because we didn't like it. Yeah. Because we want these episodes to be good, because we love you, the audience. Yeah. We're doing this for you. But I also don't want to feel like we're shouting into a void. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying we love you, harsh, unforgiving void of the internet. <laughs> we're saying we love you, person who listens and likes our Facebook page, and tweets at us or yeah like when we were playing D&D next and i was tweeting about my anti-paladin and somebody tweeted back at me like what feats did you pick and i was all like oh my god we did this podcast and now somebody wants to know what i'm doing in dungeons and dragons yeah i i feel vindicated yeah it's so we don't do this for us we do it for us <laughs> we do it so we will feel good about ourselves oh yeah i guess we do yeah wow, we're selfish pricks aren't we yeah Jeez. But here's the thing. We can't feel good about ourselves unless you make us feel good. Yeah. So send all of your compliments and praise to criticalwits underscore PC at gmail.com. And don't say anything mean now that we have exposed our insecurities and vulnerabilities to you, audience. Because <laughs> you will ruin my day. Like, I, I know that someone is going to listen to this podcast and think that we're like being super sensitive, like, and serious about this. And, like, We're oh, kidding. they're just, they're shilling out for people to like them. And, like, that person doesn't understand how humor works, I guess. Yeah. Like, we're being at least 2% joking. Like, I want you to write in. <laughs> write in. Write yeah. in or I will fight you. And don't, but don't write in that you like gnomes, because then he will fight you. I, I will fight you. Actually, this has gone on for way too long. Explain to me why you like gnomes. Kirkwitz, the end.